from a technology perspective we are behind our entire team has run away this market is being dominated by open source what part should i fix first welcome to outliers uh, this is a podcast with outliers and uh, you know last episode uh, we spoke to a 15 year old girl and and learned more about how she uses technology uh, she's a type 1 uh, diabetic uh, born with uh, diabetes and it was fascinating conversation this week we are back to uh, some uh, more deeper insights on entrepreneurship and i'm really excited to have pallav nadani uh, join us Uh, in this episode of podcast uh, pallav welcome thank you pankaj it's a pleasure to be here and thank you for having me over uh for those of you who who don't know pallav and i will find that really amazing if you actually don't uh he uh, the first time i heard about you was when i was in one of my assignments at economic times and uh, bootstrapping was not being even talked about so i heard the word bootstrapping first time I'm like what well, I you know I I write but I'm not really good in English <laughs> so I looked up and I read around and I did. so then uh, that's when I heard this first and fusion charts and people were you know very privately people used to talk about uh, oh by the way do you know there are startups who don't take money and I was like how can you be a startup and not take money so that was my first uh, and then over the years uh, I have watched uh, Pallav uh, as an entrepreneur and it's uh, come to know him as someone who shares uh, bold insights and uh, and they are very valuable for everyone in the ecosystem uh i think few months ago we met and had a deep conversation about your life and journey and that got me really thinking uh, including uh, you know the, the lessons in building a startup without taking money and all that so that's the reason i really wanted to have this conversation pallav uh to kick off uh this uh tell me a bit about yourself where do you come from who are you <laughs> so i was born and brought up in bhagalpur for the first 15 years pankaj uh, um, and i had a great experience there this was a pre tech age so you'd go out in the evenings go to the field play cricket play football with the local boys have a social connect and i think i'm the last generation in our generation to be able to experience both the other side of the world and the new tech paradigm uh so first 15 years i was there then uh, my father started a web design business in calcutta uh this was 98 uh, but i was in class 8 so he said why don't you complete your class 10 and then move to calcutta i said okay fine uh completed my class 10 came to calcutta it was a total culture shock small town boy directly put dropped into a large city and on top of that then i went to one of the better schools in the city la martinia for boys so it was like a double culture shock so i think that was one of the most fond those were one of the most formative two years in my life because of the change of the city the change of school and then while i was working in my dad's business uh i learned a lot of things about uh overall life what does uh creating a business mean uh what should i be doing to get an uh, early sense of that how was that working with your dad as a co-founder <laughs> Oh, in that business, I was not his co-founder. So okay. he, so we, uh, fortunately, I mean, in our family, computers have been for a long while. So my dad's elder brother, he used to run an accounting and payroll package in DOS and Clipper-based applications back in I think '85 or '86. Yeah. yeah. So those were the early adopters. 
uh, unfortunately that time they took the product mode and not the services mode <laughs> fortunately <laughs> i took the product mode later on that not the services mode so that's a back story to it how did you become an entrepreneur accidentally very accidentally so uh, i was in lamartine here uh, in calcutta and that's a place where every evening my colleagues would go out and to cafe coffee day or they would go out to bowling and these are pretty expensive activities for a 16 17 year old kid and i could go to my dad for pocket money a couple of times uh max thrice maybe go to mom once but even then you will short uh, fall short of money in the month so and given that i had been coding for a bit because of uh, computer in the house uh, i figured out hey why not try uh, using my coding skills to make some money so there was a site called asptoday.com which would pay handsome money for writing innovative articles so and this and that time the web was pretty new and so on one side you had the desktop which was pretty ugly and on the other side you had web which was that time not so beautiful but still bouncy and animated and all of that so i said how do i bring the goodness of web onto desktop especially in terms of charts and wrote an article about it they used to pay a dollar a word so i tried to write an article as big as i could wow. they capped me at 1500 words and paid me 1500 dollars <laughs> and so then that got published i was like okay one article done i have to find another one wrote a couple more but once the charting article went out uh, it was interesting a lot of people would come to me and say hey, you know what why don't you change this one small thing or build this for me and i'll pay you 100 dollars and that time and these were all uh, global guys like from us from uk and for 100 they would send me check and out in cash those checks and that would be my pocket money for a week or a month i was like after a point in time hey if i'm getting this money from these many different people why don't i make something which all of these have asked me to do and create a product out of it uh, that time i had no idea what a product is i had no idea how to go to sell it was just a bunch of sort of gut feelings combined saying okay this looks right let's do it the end goal was let's just make enough pocket money for cafe coffee day and bowling <laughs> so when did it start becoming a serious business and how so the good part is right from uh year 1 we got started making some money year 1 was enough pocket money year 2 was more pocket money that i had to save year 3 was when it was lot where i was like okay now i need too many th- i need i i'm doing too many things i need to hire people so started looking out and i didn't know what hiring is so on and so forth so i reached out to my elder brother used to work for another company earlier software company only my dad had hired a bunch of people but i looked at myself like why would somebody come and work for me i have to find somebody like me so i called my cousin and said hey i need to hire he said hey i have a friend who just graduated and then we started working uh, in our, in my bedroom so first i think 6 to 8 months we were working out of our bedroom obviously both of us were single and that that's when we created something better i still remember this was uh, march of 2005 when we released a product a newer version of the product and in one week we sold as much as what we had done in the previous year wow and then we realized oh we are on to something let's try now <laughs> expand it how did you go about that I first asked my dad to join as a co-founder. I said, "Okay, I I can take my product. I know technology. I don't know anything about anything else. So, why don't you come and join?" At that point, his company was not doing so well on the accounting space, relatively, because obviously Tally was a market leader, and he was trying to build things around Tally and for Tally for some point in time. And he said, "You know what? I can do that in my spare time as well. Let me come and help you. This looks like interesting growth opportunity." So then he came and joined me as a co-founder and. from there i mean yeah it's been uh, this is this is going to be a 15th year at fusion charts <laughs> how was that asking your dad to be a co-founder <laughs> i think it was pretty easy i said dad see we are making money and i'm making good products i can definitely use your help is like okay yes hmm. i think uh, that that wasn't a difficult part at all i mean a because uh, 
he was doing business and he has changed his business a lot of times so he was not into computers earlier he was into civil real estate before that into trading then he started a computer training academy before he started he gobbled a lot of books himself to learn computers and then he said i'm going to teach i'm like okay that's fine ran a successful computer training center in bhagalpur that's in bihar then he said okay web's coming so 98 he preemptively saw that the web is coming as going to change he said i'm going i'm going to learn web design and build websites for clients and then he started a web design company and then he came to calcutta and started building websites for clients and these are some large corporate clients as well so he always had that sort of hustling in him i think that gene i got from him he said okay let's try what is the worst thing will fail but if something works we just need to succeed once so convincing him showing that you know what this is really doing good and i could definitely use a lot of expertise it was a very simple conversation back then and uh, so now i understand when did it start becoming a serious business of course with dad involved it it will be even more uh, so uh, what were the the kind of tipping points uh, in in that early phase uh, where you said oh okay this is really going somewhere so the thing is in the early phases we are not logically thinking or we are not sort of rationally projecting anything the only thing we are thinking is are we satisfying our customers whatever customers are asking let's do it and because it was only me doing the development production website sales marketing i had no communication over gap a uh, communication overheads no sort of engagement with anybody else to be able to convince them why we are trying to do something it was just me and the customer so a lot of things started rolling from customer front end any time you would release something 10 customers more would say hey no why don't we build this as well and we would build that and we always had a backlog of what are the things we want to do because the customers had asked us so some of the key tipping points was i think if i have to go back one is obviously when i got paid for the article second is when people who read the article start ask me to build something by sending those 100 dollar checks third is when i released the product uh post that every week or every month sales grew without us putting any effort in paid marketing we would just write content around it and sometimes we would get paid for our own content for our own marketing <laughs> and then people would be very happy like customers would be very happy They're like wow and if i look back at that product i like my god how did that product sell it so embarrassing to look at the version one of the product we built ourselves with the amount of the limitations and the constraints the most important part was every single day every single week we were improving the product and we kept on increasing the versions we kept on adding more value to the customers and they kept on paying us and we kept on increasing the prices and even when we increased the prices nobody complained so those are a lot of these small tipping points and later obviously once i hired the first guy my cousin's friend uh, that also gave me a sense of you know what with two people you can do at least 1.5 to 1.7x more or at least in the early days it is it was even about 2x that is okay now we have figured out if i can hire one let's go and hire uh, hire a lot of people so one of the tipping points is also this ability to sort of not uh be constrained by but by what we know but say okay let's try this worst case we are going to fail so that approach of uh, this approach or this philosophy was a key tipping point in our entire journey what give you, gave you uh, this mental cushion for you to you know so so the reason i'm of course i'm asking this question in this age right sure. where you'll go around entrepreneurs sitting with millions of dollars right and uh, it's not even they are not experimenting <laughs> but sure. but what was your cushion why could you think like this how I mean, so i had a bedroom provided by my dad a computer which i had already bought and uh, just enough pocket money to be able to <laughs> go for bowling and cafe coffee day and the rest was for experimentation so i think uh, that being said the most important part was the way we figured out is hey some of the things we have done is working out we got to just keep repeating the cycle if we don't do this we are going to repent not doing it and at that point in time i had a lot of time to be able to sort of spend on this i mean it's always a question of time versus money 
that point i had more time than money today we have more money than time but we use money to buy time by getting smart people on board so if you don't do it uh, so i mean i don't see any other way here pankaj uh, especially in a tech industry where obsolescence is every 6 to 12 months if you're not doing something new every day every week every month uh, you're basically uh, creating your own coffin yeah. uh, what was the pinnacle like the highest peak that you reached on the journey with fusion chart uh in that first phase what what, what was that hmm. uh so if i were to define the first phase was uh till i did not hire any guy the first 3 years uh the ability to sell to global companies sitting in india hmm. still remember we would have large fortune 500 companies buy directly come to our website and pay that money like i think that time the maximum we had was 500 dollar license and they would buy and we were like whoa we got this customer and a lot of indian companies would not have those customers up unless you are a very large uh, company uh, so that was one thing saying keep sitting in india sitting in calcutta a non descript uh, person can do this second was to be able to, like the customer compliments we got like testimonials incredible amount of testimonial and any time a customer would say how this uh, i mean to the point of i got promoted because i used your charts often to create dashboards which create data driven culture in the organization and i got promoted i uh, using your product like some of the other customers say we were able to sell more of our products and that and when we look at it we are like hey we're just creating a chart but the impact of that we never thought of that that charts could have that impact especially back then because it was not such uh, it was not uh, such pervasive but how people use that how they consumed it what value it added in their life how it helped them get promoted how it helped them make more revenue how government organizations who wrote to us saying hey now because of that we have more uh, visibility into the inner workings charities government organizations so every day a testimonial would come so you will have like as an entrepreneur you will have the lowest low and the highest high the lowest low is there's a bug and it's a very embarrassing bug or something has crashed and you'll fix it and the next hour you'll get a compliment hey because of this we are successful and you keep sort of going through that ebb and flow that cycle so the first three years i think the biggest one was probably getting some of the fortune 500 customers then next three years uh shipping a lot more products those were big high and every product being used by a lot of customers uh the third block of year three years after that uh getting white house to use and having a photo of barack obama looking at fusion charts yeah, uh, we all remember that yeah <laughs> that was a high then in terms of uh i mean getting on facebook linkedin weather.com ebay their public sites powered uh, charts powered by us so at different points i think different kinds of high and then obviously ability to build a team uh manage it with obviously all its ups and downs so <laughs> there's no one specific vector out there pankaj but it's a mix of a lot of these small things and how how did revenue uh, get also give me a sense of growth on on that front like sure. what what is that you, you achieved at, you know at, at the peak in that sense so uh, in the first 5 years we grew over 100% year on year then growth slowed down to double digits high double digits mm-hmm. uh, i think we peaked at 2013 mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the product that we had by then which was flash based the technology itself got it eroded away after that so right now we are rebuilding on the new technology to a point where we have started innovating again so 2013 fi was our peak in terms i think we hit just about 50 crores in revenue uh, all of it bootstrap never raise any money and So one of the goals we had was whatever we do run the operation as a lean operation so yeah so one of the goals we had was whatever we do run it as a lean operation so uh, focus on the product first uh, focus on the customers then add additional layers of let's say uh, we are hugely marketing driven but not very sales driven so a lot of the learnings which we 
now no if you could have applied earlier obviously that would have been a different scene but uh, if you look back yeah uh, those, those learnings a uh, lot of learnings okay so <laughs> i mean uh, first is to make myself redundant in organization till about 2010 and there's something i take pride in as well and something i'm like what were you thinking palo uh, about 80 to 90% of the code shipped by 2010 or was also handwritten by me which i should not be 40 people were reporting straight up into me without any second layer zero sales team members till 10000 customers uh zero sales team yeah that's right uh then support we added much la- later uh we could have created lot more engineering teams but we did not know how to create that we did not know what hr policies were so i think some of the uh cons of not working for another organization came to bite us but those are also some things which made us successful because we could question everything saying nahi ye aise kyun hoga there has to be better way to do it because there's no sort of hangover or background uh from an existing process i mean in terms of learning something I every day we have a new learning and we go back and say hey, you know what we should have done this separately there, there was also uh, there's this famous uh, legend that goes around in the ecosystem that you also received uh, a very tempting offer from one of the companies i don't know 30 50 million dollar or whatever it was sure I, i'm not forcing you to reveal the name but sure. what was that how was that and uh, what happened okay so we have received three offers in our life uh so without getting into the details so, yeah. uh the first one that we see was 2010 and at that point we were like growing pretty fast and uh once you receive an offer and you i mean i didn't even know what acquisition is this is i think 2009 10 okay and I was still in calcutta at least once you're in bangalore you know okay so there's something called acquisition i mean the first time when somebody called us a bootstrap business even i had to google what does bootstrap business mean is that a category of business or what <laughs> i was so, not the only one <laughs> so, so i had no idea what an acquisition is and especially the way they structure the meals you know what we have can we explore strategic partnerships and strategic synergies and like okay are these guys looking for a license or what are they going to pay me a lot more money for the license then i consulted some of my uh, mentors here i mean uh, who were sort of advising me and they said no this is an acquisition offer go get an i banker get them to talk to them so obviously got an i banker involved at that point in time but uh, the first attempt uh, we were hyper bullish on how fast we can grow and the uh, sort of the valuation mismatch happened uh, and i'm so glad that we didn't sell it for the first time the second one happened i think 3 years later and that was the larger one at that point in time also we were uh, we were almost at the top of our game at that point in time and uh, we did receive a good offer but due to a technical glitch in the way we license our product and the way we uh, used a competitor's product as part of our product uh, that posed a problem uh, didn't go through again glad didn't go through because after that when so when you especially when you're going uh, everything is going good and you're having the right momentum you think you are sort of the guy who's driving it and everything every decision you're taking is right and when things start sort of uh, not going your way that's the most important part of the learning and i think from 13 onwards till about 16 uh, in my 14 year journey till then those 3 years have been the most instrumental in shaping me as an entrepreneur so if i had sold it which would have made sense as well i mean obviously we would have gotten that money and we could have started something else but i would have repeated the same mistakes again in the new venture now with that last 3 years of experience of how things will not go as you want it to be so we are sort of uh, not calling it a new venture but this is phase 2 of what we are building now and we are building it in a very different way compared to the last time so glad we didn't sell uh, obviously i mean that could be angur khatte hain but the learnings are obviously going to be more useful in the future i think it's a very important phase that you hinted at you you got to the peak mm-hmm. <coughs> 
and then for different reasons uh, things started going sure. downhill i mean don't i mean i sure. hope you don't you, no, you're not someone who gets by all means please use the truth is truth from from there right uh, and i remember talking to you i think few months ago when we met you said you almost were like okay let, giving up you know let, 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 can i get out of this or something sure what was that moment all about and then we can get into this new life sure so uh I mean, there were multiple factors to it, Pankaj. Uh, here, obviously, the top was my naiveness and immaturity on how to deal with situations like this. But there were some macro factors as well. So one was obviously when uh, the shift in technology from Flash to JavaScript happened. Eight to nine years of our work was literally out there on a sort of a hanging thread because we had to rebuild everything in JavaScript. By that time, while we had built a decent Flash team, I had not understood the process of rebuilding a team in a new technology in a city like Calcutta. So. the move from flash to javascript was very painful number 1 uh, number 2 then we came to bangalore and we built a decent team here which helped us convert flash to javascript helped us build the middle management the sales expertise the sales engine uh, marketing as well along with my brother sanket which i'll talk about later uh, a middle layer of management and we added a bunch of products and we tried some experiments with different models of running a business uh, what happened 14 till 15 because of the hype two things happened one of our new products failed so that somehow affected the team morale and was not able to quarantine it well second is uh because of the hyper funded companies a lot of our guys uh got poached by some of the larger guys funded guys half of them who are shut right now are on the verge of shutting down uh with abnormal hikes and for us because we've been bootstrapped we have a model of operating uh we had to we really went to the drawing board and said if we do this we're going to destroy the culture that we have and our operating model for us it's okay for two years not to sort of uh for for us it's okay to have two year uh, two painful years as opposed to creating a culture which will be painful forever so literally in our bangalore team if uh, sorry january 15 we are about 55 sorry january 14 we are 55 january 15 we were 6 so entire product team got wiped off there and because again some of the naiveness that i did when i moved from calcutta to bangalore personally i did not create them as very independent centers so there was uh, like half product teams there half product teams there and there was like it was a chaos and at that time i'm like okay you know what from a technology perspective we are behind our entire team has run away this market is being dominated by open source what part should i fix first and if you fix one thing on part a suddenly something will happen in part b or something will happen in part c and every week we would have a new open source competitor and you're sort of battling these three different things and you're like what do i do right now and that time we said okay you know what if we can get a buyer let's find it we got a offer but uh, again uh, that offer was not as much as we wanted number one and obviously by that point in time we said okay that offer took 6 months and by that time we had fixed a few things and again we're trying to get a lot of clarity on what do we want to do next so that 15th uh, january or out of 14 mid till about 16 start was the kind of was a period where i mean we were still making millions of dollars in profit so from a business standpoint we were still pretty solid it was just the chaos and the uh, sort of the ability to fix so many different things which were like fundamentally wrong and they're looking into the future and saying will this business grow again or what is a new vector that we can take so we did not have clarity there so yeah. sorry to just jump into this it, it is it also a kind of a phase where as a founder like you said you were making money but is there a phase where you kind of lose interest altogether 
like does that also did, it was was that what was happening then? so I, i don't think it's about interest here pankaj at least if i have to speak about me personally as founders you have a goal you want to make better things you want to work with great people uh, you want to deliver value to your customers and to be able to sort of maneuver and navigate through that you need to have some semblance of control on how do you think you you'll go from point a to point b with so many things on sticky wicket which are highly variable every time you're moving a step ahead you're forced to move two steps back so the interest was always there obviously there were questions or doubts about what is the future of this industry the minute industry we were in and which you're not able to sort of uh, very well describe back then now where we have a lot more clarity and every action you take you're taking two steps back so that sort of created a more out some more uh, frustration more uh, despair than la- lack of interest and uh, we talked about technology disruption that happened in your space and this whole open source wave and on the other hand operationally you were facing all these challenges right um, now uh, let us come uh, to 2006 2016 phase sure. right? and 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 of course now you mentioned that you are building something new is there a point in time when as a founder you should you should kill it and do something new or because i have seen a lot of founders they they don't kill it sure but they will do something new sure. how, how is that balance so, I, i mean like this also is something which i pick like grish of uh, fresh desk talks about it you need to be dispassionate about it. sure it's easier said than done sure so i think uh, in that uh, i don't have an exact answer for this here pankaj but i'll tell you what worked for me and what kind of mental models we are using so uh, the way we are approaching this is uh what is pushing us forward what is pulling us backward and we would used to and me and my father we would sit or work over emails or over calls saying uh what are we working for and we would ask very abstract questions imagine today if we stop working we say you know what let's shut everything and we are going vacationing how many days before we get bored and we'll come and build something new both of us said maximum 2 weeks after that we can't and we have tried it multiple times where we would me and my wife or family we would go vacation for uh let's say 3 weeks or 4 weeks exactly 11th 12th day we are like no we can't do more it's just like i mean it's it's good to explore it's good to travel but there's a feeling on the 11th and 12th day and it has happened thrice over so it's not like a sort of a one off where we need to feel do we need to feel that we are building something interesting otherwise there's a creative void which sort of sets in and that creative void kills you internally because yes you are traveling across the world you look at happy people you're staying at nice places eating all the food partying all as much as you can but you can only do it so much because those are things which are fillers those are things which are not your main life so we asked okay what if we shut this today and uh we don't do it we what do we do ahead we're like we're going to make another business we're like okay what do we need to do and make another business we need an idea we need people we need an office space and uh, yeah we need customers and partners what do we have today we have an idea we have people we have customers we have partners and we have an active plan to hire more people so we have one more thing if we continue today as opposed to shutting it off and starting so instead of looking so what we changed is we changed the perspective of us as being fusion charts as a product to fusion charts as a company which can create great products and which is where we evolved the uh, framework of people valued over process valued over products earlier we were always like product 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 and customer now we are like if we have great people with a decent process we can create any kind of product to be able to do that we have to fail creating products because if the more we fail the more we learn from what failures did we have 
the more we fail in hiring the more we know what kind of people would work for us and we are talk, i can talk about all the hiring experiments we did the more we fail in process the more we know what kind of process would work after umpteen amount of failures we just need one great product again to build back what whatever we are trying to attain to feel that uh, to build a customer value to feel that sense of uh, uh, being creative to be able to overall contribute to the ecosystem so said we already have those building blocks why uproot it yes we'll need to change some of the building blocks but if you have survived three nuclear winters so this is not the first time you are about to die there are two more stories before that oh. <laughs> yeah tell so, me about them too so mm-hmm. first one was where us eastern european uh, company copied our source code and started selling for cheaper 20 dollars cheaper each license blatantly and we were like what do we do uh, then we called uh, our legal they said you know what eastern european copyright back then was not very strong so even if you went fight we don't know whether we are going to win but we are definitely going to lose and uh, lose a lot of time and definitely years revenue we like we are technologists we are not <laughs> we, are, we do not want to go into this space so he said okay if you have to think like a tech person what do we do he said hey let's make a better product and make our previous product free what they are selling for 20 dollars cheaper so we did that we made a way better product and made that our previous version which they are selling for cheaper free they died within 6 months or something second one was the flash to javascript story third one was when our entire bangalore product team got wiped out and we literally had nobody to sort of Uh, run and manage multiple products so we said if you survive three nuclear winters what is the worst that can happen so we internally call ourselves a cockroach startup more than a bootstrap startup and that's a term we have borrowed from the internet so we like okay now we got the fundamental basics right <coughs> we know how to build products we know how to we have money in the bank and each year millions of dollars are getting added because of what we have built we have customers who still like us if they not love us yet because we have to win their love back by delivering a lot more we have people who trust the fusion charts brand whether it's employees or vendors and we have a sense of ownership that ownership and also culture that we will not ship bad products and these are the base fundamentals for building a decent enough product company from india and we also have that outlook that we are going to build from india and build for the global world so that our quality benchmark is very high right from day one everything has to be global and then there are obviously a lot of missing gaps which we are now fitting in with respect to rebuilding the bangalore team or expanding to new product areas so that's our operating philosophy right now that uh figure out what is the most important thing that we can do in the industry that we are in by approaching the pain point through a framework that we use as well ensure how do we hire great people and fill in the gaps and ensure how we are having fun together while building it and we are not in the mode of like hyper growth and make people work on weekends compulsorily it's like hey come here let's build great products together and let's have fun uh, one of the temptations would also have been about i mean raising money altogether right understand the, sure. the bootstrapping part of it but uh, i'm sure you would have received interest over uh, you know this uh, career as an entrepreneur so how how was that and what is your take on on, on that so i think uh, we we did uh, so we never okay let me take a step back so This was 2008 onwards when I think we won the Emerge Award from NASCOM, and then we came into the sort of eyes of uh, people looking out to invest, and we did get a lot of interest. And I just met a lot of these people by out of curiosity. ये होता क्या है? Because in Calcutta you never know about Calcutta is a dhanda place. Okay, there the only thing that matters is bottom line. So business is run like a business. Uh, and when I shifted to Bangalore, I think 10, 11 I shifted, but उससे पहले I used to come to as from product conflicts and some of the other uh, conferences uh then on meetal bunch of these guys to be able to understand what is this some offers were definitely tempting and some of those guys who were supposed to be investing are good friends right now even they say glad you didn't take our money because we're building a company a different way uh 
two reasons why we didn't take money here so one is whatever money they were giving we already had it in the bank and we didn't know how to use it because ours is a business where we cannot it's not just like we throw a lot of people or a lot of money in marketing and it will grow it has to grow organically that's the nature of the business that we have here it's not a winner take all market it's not where i can throw 100 more people to innovate faster it's a slow curated out say craftsmanship process of creating good products and we are completely okay with that and secondly at that point in time we would have taken the money i wouldn't know how to exactly scale up as well because i was not i was not a ceo i was not an entrepreneur i was just a techie who was trying to code and good things happened to him in that sense so there was also this sort of fear hey if somebody comes in and i don't know what to tell him that why am i doing this 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 will i get get mocked at so in hindsight obviously that worked out very well for us because especially what we went through from 14 till mid 14 till 16 at that point they would have definitely asked us to do a distress sale or something of that sort and glad we didn't take that so we had we have no guns to our head uh, how do you look at entrepreneurship like if if i if you were to look at your you never worked for anyone never. like you started when you were a teenager 16, 16, 16 yeah. right uh, and and sure. if i may ask you how old are you now 32 32 okay. 16 years okay good yeah. time to revisit 16 years you have spent right trying i mean building a product an idea mm-hmm. seeing it through then trying to do something new sure life and death uh, sure. in, in cycles and you've never worked for anyone no. uh, so what does entrepreneurship mean to you i think uh, it's a way of self discovery here most importantly uh and the good parts i like about it is because a you are you're just one step away from really the problem that you're trying to solve there's no bureaucracy in between b you get to choose people you want to work with which is the biggest uh advantage i have i get to choose people i want to work with and obviously they also choose us saying that hey, you know what you want to work here uh c lot of things which we are trying and experimenting those are interesting things like curiosity is the biggest friend of an entrepreneur it's a journey of self discovery you keep on uh, trying things and failing things uh what would have killed me in a job is the discipline and the boredom doing the same thing over and over and over again yes i agree even here on in entrepreneurship there's 50% grinding and 50% thinking but that grinding is also done in a fun way because you know the why you are grinding it's not like hey just do this everybody in the organization needs to know why they are doing this even if you are writing this one line of code or you are writing this one email how does it affect the overall larger picture so that's the most important part and yes we keep on telling i mean every entrepreneur thinks he is sort of changing the world but fortunately we are not in that delusion we are just doing things which are of value to customers and as long as we can deliver that value to customers and we are proud of our craftsmanship i think that's we, we can't ask more i mean that's a perfect place to be in so so if if you were to sit 16 years down the line you would have tried and different things as an entrepreneur absolutely in fact maybe beyond software so i have a bunch of ideas beyond software beyond tech as well and i'm very curious about that just that right now we need to get our at least for the next 10 years a lot of things here because we have a lot of ideas floating around now we are rebuilding the bangalore and calcutta team augmenting it we've got a uh, we hope clear understanding of what the market wants and already we are in the process of releasing uh, some of the new products and validating some of the new ideas that we have so the good part is at least in tech every 6 months everything changes and there are so many new things to sort of go and build on top of outside tech i do have curiosity in some of the places but uh, that's for at least uh, um, that's in the backlog for at least a decade good uh, another uh, piece of learning i thought uh, is there in your career and life is so you, you father uh, became the co-founder mm-hmm. and then sanket uh, your brother was also part of the company right uh, 
as an entrepreneur, I, I can understand, empathize, why would you work with people you know well? You know, mm -hmm. fam familiarity sure. is a big thing. How has, how, what has been your experience mm -hmm. in working with your father sure. and getting to work with your brother? And then he 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 also quit later. So, sure. so in whatever to whatever extent you can share, it sure. would be good to get hear your experience. So there are multiple angles to hear, Pankaj. Uh, so when I started out, uh, I needed somebody who was very senior, who could help me with a bunch of things I did not know. And my father was the perfect opposite of me. Things which were his strength were my weaknesses, my strength is weaknesses, and that's still the same today. So we are a perfect fit. And Yes, we do fight often in office, not in office as in not in front of people, but uh, on issues, debate, healthy debates, we'll get angry with each other. But the moment we are home, we're back to our family relationship. So out, at work, we have a different avatar. At home, we have a different avatar. And the good thing is because both of us are opposite, but the intent is always the same. And uh, there's no, there's not even any iota or doubt you can have, let's say with somebody who's uh, maybe a hired hand, you may question at some point in time. Here, you take out all that fear factor and that becomes beautiful because then even if you're arguing in the most uh, heated debate, your mind says, this is wrong, but your heart says, okay, we both of us are still thinking the right for the company. And second thing, which is I think, which is very important, especially in the Indian context, and especially for our generation, we don't get to talk to our fathers as often, especially the way our fathers want us. Uh, now when, I'm, uh, when he's my co-founder, almost every day I talk to him. And that becomes a great thing so that we have not lost our connect. Uh, even on like when you go out or share a drink, you're talking half work or half other things. So that helps me maintain that bond. Otherwise, mostly in India, we have seen that, okay, once you get out of a city, it's like once a week or once a month call and that sort of becomes, uh, I don't know, a little disconnected. <laughs> so that so that was the added benefit. Obviously, I did not think through of all, any of this when I uh, requested him to join as co-founder. And he's been very happy that uh, he's been able to help me scale this up, uh, contribute in a very, very impactful way and he's a CFO and obviously because of the profits that we generate, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done around that as well, which which is sort of his strength and he likes doing it and he's more of a people person. So from both sides it has worked out well. Would you uh, would you have done it even if you were not a teenager when you started out? Uh, if I had to do it today, I would yeah. still do it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so with Sanket, I mean, uh, he was in, so... Uh, he moved to Bangalore to do his engineering at RB College and I think then he got into another company without naming. It took me a year to convince him to come back to Calcutta to the family business. So one thing about Marwadis is, and not to sort of just stereotype it, that Marwadis or let's say business communities typically get all the family members first. I don't know if it's a cultural trait or is it, there's a logic behind it, but somehow that has worked. And my reason was not that. I was just not finding marketing guys in Calcutta. So Calcutta was primarily a services ecosystem and in services also very bottom end services ecosystem. Uh, so for somebody to come with creative bent of mind which combines technology, marketing, uh, quick learning uh, and still be in Calcutta, that would be a difficult challenge. All such smart guys from Calcutta are mostly in Bangalore. So I had to convince Sanket to come to uh, Calcutta. Uh, it took me about a year, I think. Uh, then he came and joined and I think he has, the most, he has had the most phenomenal impact on Fusion Charts. Uh, when it comes to creating that brand. So he was the perfect sort of bent of combination of left brain and right brain. And obviously he evolved and he learned a lot as well. And he contributed a very uh, good few uh, few good years at Fusion Charts and helped us become what we uh, what we became. Uh, I think in terms of him leaving, there are a couple of reasons. Is One is obviously 
after a point in time you get if you are not sort of the co-founder um, you get bored of selling the same thing like charts and in this case charts are a small thing and he wanted to go out and explore a bunch of other things and obviously in the dynamics of when both of you are in your 20s and brothers there's this brotherly dynamics where both of you are trying to outsmart each other even if it's for the common good somewhere i think that also uh, contributed a little to him moving out uh, if i would have been uh, and this was again in the mid of thick of the bad things that were happening to us so it was a, like a rolling snowball and it caught him as well and then he moved on if i was if it was today oh, i would definitely not let him go <laughs> um just to stay with the, your journey with fusion chart and, mm-hmm. and before i move to a broader question sure um so is it really like the end of fusion chart as a product we know and a new avatar as part of your you know entrepreneurial venture is that is it a good way to assess this um uh, actually no so we're taking a slightly larger bet and we hope we can chew it what we have bet uh, and this is that's why we are expanding so we are expanding both in terms of depth in fusion charts uh by making the product more powerful and adding a lot more products to it and we are expanding in width as well by adding more layers of products so apart from fusion charts we have collabion uh then we are building something on the stealth mode which we'll be able to really uh, talk about in another 6 months each of these are entities by themselves so for example collabion already has three products we have got 400 enterprise customers uh, right from your likes of world bank pfizer schlumberger all these companies at fusion charts we have 28000 customers and 750000 developers who use our product so we are going uh, fusion charts both mile wide and mile deep and collabion right now we are inch wide and mile deep and we want we want to keep adding to that and the third one which you're bringing is more exciting <laughs> i got speak with that uh, i'm i'm about final question sure um so uh, like so bootstrapping is there in mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, in, in the industry in general in india sure. the whole software product or whatever you call it there is this uh, shridhar venbu way sure. uh, shridhar of zoho who never took money from any vc and sure. built zoho and then there is girish sure. way who of course came from zoho and is now uh, rocket ship uh, you know fresh sure. desk uh, heavily funded of course sure. and on a different path uh, how do you look at these two uh models if if i can call them models if at all they are and uh, what is your take so i think before you compare the models of bootstrapping versus raising money we have to go one level below it's a founder who's made that decision every founder lives his life or builds his company around his dna around his operating model and there are founders who can build shridhar way there are founders who will build girish's way and we can't say one of them is right or one of them is wrong uh shridhar took a lot more time girish took a lot less time but let's say shridhar owns 100% of the company girish will own uh, slightly less than that and we can keep on debating the pros and cons but the question which i ask on so one one thing also tell them at bootstrap is not just about not raising money it's about a operating philosophy so for example you don't have money but you only need 200k you raise that 200k not as equity raise it at raise it as debt paid back with phenomenal returns that's the only risk you are taking but don't raise 200k with the intent of raising 2 million and then 20 million and 40 million so it's a operating philosophy the way you look at everything in the company how you avoid bloat how you prioritize by all means prioritize your macbooks if it helps you your ergonomic chairs because you have to be sitting on that for 16 years a nice pair of headphones but a fancy office after a headphone a chair and a computer you can be sitting in the middle of african forest and still program as long as there's internet 
So it's about the right prioritization. So uh, I don't think the starting point of any entrepreneur should, the starting question should ever be, should I bootstrap or not? The way I look at it is, you build your first company for currency, build your second company for legacy. Unless you have built a million dollar company, you can't go to 10 million, you can't go to 100 million, you can't go to billion. Obviously there will be outliers, uh, but that's more serendipity. So it's a stepping stone to success. So first build your 100K business, then build your million dollar business, then 10 million, then 100, then a billion. And all of those will require fundamental shift of paradigms, of mindsets, of your operating philosophy. Bootstrapping gives you more time and more luxury, but it also sometimes could backfire because you have nobody to talk to and you have to figure it out, out on your own. Funding gives you lesser time, but you have more access to more, let's say, VCs or networks, unless in Bootstrap you have reached a level where you have access to the same network. But funding also reduces your uh, cycle to seven to 10 years, or if the first idea did not go too well, maybe you have just one pivot left. So I would not evaluate it from that. I mean, uh, if I were to start today, and if you ask me Bootstrap or funded, uh, if, and if I had not built fusion charts, I'll be very open to both the ideas. So based on the type of business that I'm building, if it's a me, if it's just me sitting in a room and doing some fantastic programming and that could scale up, I don't need to go raise money because raising money also comes with its own share of expectations, governance, uh, people's expectations, your members, your employees will suddenly have a lot more expectations. With bootstrapping, you're also sort of curating the kind of people you want to work with. Obviously that entire spectrum of people then gets reduced because uh, it's a narrow spectrum of people who will work in a bootstrap company, especially the higher level guys, the senior executives. So I think it's, it's a healthy debate, but there's no one specific outcome which we can clearly say. <laughs> Thanks, Malab. This, uh, this was really fascinating. And I think as a rookie, just born entrepreneur myself, I have learned a lot of things and I, I keep learning. And I, I feel I'm really uh, fortunate to be able to spend so much of time learning from others. So thank you for your time. I really had good fun. It was awesome having you, Pankaj. And it's always a journey, as I keep on saying. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks.